Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Not D&D. As always, I'm your host, Jessica, and this week I have a guest with me that told me about a game, and now for my own personal safety, I need to tell you about it. Charlie, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, so this week we will be talking about uh, your game, Don't Play This Game. Could you give us a little elevator pitch of, of what this is about? Absolutely. So if you've ever had a chain email or a chain letter, the kind of thing mm-hmm. that went around when you were in school, um, that that kind of said, if you don't do this, pass this on to a certain number of people, do a certain thing, um, then in seven days, something terrible will happen to you, like you'll die mm-hmm. or, or you're cursed or something awful. Yeah. And that's what this game is um kind of in a nutshell but the idea is is that the game itself is not just the game it is a entity a creature that um curses a person and makes bad thing happens in their life however the game that it likes to play um with this character is it likes to get people to record things write them down take a photo draw pictures of all the terrible things and spooky uh, the happenings it makes um happen to this character and that's how it feeds and whether you live or die or defeat your own entity um the game gets passed on and curses another person and the chain um continues so um it's a solo RPG um, that one of our playtesters calls it. It's a bit like um, if you're playing Pokemon Go, but you're trying to defeat the Blair Witch and go out and hunt for for wherever she may be. Um, so that's the the vibe and the general thing of don't play this game. Amazing. Pokemon Go is not my go-to reference. Uh, so people watching, listening, understand now why upon getting this press release, I had to do an episode and share it with you now. Um, so the main to- uh, topic we'll be talking about, don't play this game. It is live on Kickstarter uh, currently right now. So I'll put the link uh, in the chat if you're watching it live. And if you're listening to the podcast, it will be in the show notes there. And it's live for another two weeks as the day of recording. Is that right? Two weeks? Uh, yes, I, I think, yeah, just over two weeks. Um, so mm-hmm. I think it's the 3rd of November is our final day um, for and funding. It's fully funded, so it's definitely happening. It's funded many oh, yeah. times over. And uh, we'll, we'll come back and talk uh, about the Kickstarter and the game in a little bit because to, to get started and to warm us up, I want to talk a little bit about you, uh, Charlie, because I'm nosy that way. Um, so I ask everyone kind of what's their background and history of role playing games. So do you remember the first tabletop RPG you played? Yes. So the first tabletop rpg i'm afraid i'm gonna be kind of pretty boring and pretty typical that my first rpg was definitely dnd 5e and it was when um i came to a little i came to it a little bit later i think than other people Mm -hmm. so i started playing at university um where one of my friends just really wanted to dm and kind of invited me along to a game and had a great time and then my cousin was into um dnd as well and he ran a game um and i kind of guested in like his like home campaign as well and I just got the bug for it. Um, in terms of when I started GMing, though, there was actually quite a gap. So I played for a bit at university and then mm-hmm. um, left and then kind of went to the world of work, moved around quite a lot and ended up um, in London. So my background before being in game design was in film and TV. Um, so I was working in post-production um, down there and all of my <laughs> friends have been scattered to the four winds. Um, and I was still um, screenwriting and doing um, prose writing at the time. And I uh, ended up winning a writing competition for a horror story, no less, um, mm-hmm. with uh, Penguin Random House, uh, which had a, a, a prize, uh, Amazon voucher prize. And I used that to 
buy all the D and D books and say, "Hey, let's run an online. <laughs> let's run an online game." Well, yeah, yeah. we didn't, we didn't start with an online game. We went to the Peak Districts and stayed in the yurt, and I taught them how to play D and D. And oh, and amazing! Did, uh, what a great weekend! <laughs> yeah, it was, it was so much fun. It was lovely, and um, I kind of then transitioned from player into forever gm <laughs> um, okay, yeah, at, yeah, yeah. at that point um which was which was lovely because i absolutely loved running games um but one of the things that i found was that my players in that game in particular were um struggling with the kind of more maths heavy aspect of it um mm-hmm. so the kind of the, the the more complex nature of the game i think yeah. where the um, so, so, so kind of was because my friends are dyscalculic and dyslexic and they found um, those elements a bit of a barrier to entry. So there was a lot of lifting going on my side of the screen um, to kind of make it more enjoyable. And um, we'd all studied screenwriting together and, and film. And, and basically, I wanted to make play movies with them on the tabletop. Um, so I ended up homebrewing a little system um, that mm-hmm. I play with my friends. Uh, and and we just like replicated our favorite movies and had an absolute blast of it. Mm-hmm. And then one time I was I was back up in Nottingham where I'm based again now, uh, visiting my family for Christmas. And my brother, um, who is now my business partner, uh, spoiler for, for later, <laughs> um, yeah. uh, runs a friendly local gaming store, um, Seven City Collectibles mm-hmm. um, in Stapleford. And he uh, was asking kind of what I've been up to. And I showed him my notebook with this, kind of homebrewed game um that i was i was running and he sat down with a glass of whiskey after christmas dinner and gave it a read and he closed it and said when do you want to make it and i was very surprised and said well, what do you mean he he realized that there was something that didn't really exist it was something he wasn't seeing in his store and thought there was a gap mm-hmm. there and had always always wanted to make a game as well so we started developing it and then i got a job um, kind of back in the Midlands again and moved up and then that's when we launched our first game which was Shiver um, mm-hmm. which is a playing your very own horror movie on the tabletop um, and that's how um, Parable Games uh, the company that we run now um, got started uh, was with Shiver and that uh, kind of initial like first D&D session in the yurt led all the way way to Shiver being made who would have known? Who would have known? Uh, yeah, Shiver, another fantastic RPG. I'm going to have you back on to um, talk about that sometime because oh, I originally really talk about Shiver, and then you said, "Hey, let me tell you about this game," <laughs> and I said, "Okay, <laughs> we have to do this one instead." Uh, so we're starting by talking um, about uh, "Don't Play This Game," and, and at the top, you gave us kind of a, a, a summary about. Um, but what the game is so it's kind of you know uh like as you said a solo kind of rpg but m- the one thing i really liked about it that captivated me was um i really like the legacy aspect and the idea mm-hmm. of passing it on because you mentioned um your inspiration of like those chain emails you get like take this to seven people otherwise mm-hmm. your hair will fall out i don't know yeah. um, <laughs> i can think of a good one on the spot but you know what i mean so um could you share a little bit about the passing it on and the legacy aspect of this game so while it's a solo game you can get other people involved yeah absolutely so the whole idea of this kind of spawned from a conversation i was having with friends we were reminiscing about school when we first got our um email accounts um at school and these those emails went around like absolute wildfire for like the first year of people having it and it, that's where it kind of twigged in my head of kind of what if there was a creature or um, an entity, which is what, what we ended up calling it, that moved and fed this way um, in, t- in terms of kind of how it, it spread between people. 
and was and was cursing people. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea with Don't Play This Game is that it's a solo RPG where you move through these events um, and record things. Um, and rather than um, so, with, uh, if people are kind of familiar with solo RPGs, uh, usually the the foundation that you find is is journaling. Um, so kind of something yeah. happens, or you're given a prompt and you write stuff down. Um, so we kind of wanted to play around with that a little bit uh, with the kind of more found footage vibe, the kind of like 90s, mm-hmm. like analog horror um, aesthetic that we've been going for um, by making it more open to a multimedia way of recording things. So rather yeah. than just writing stuff down, you can take photos, you can record your voice, you can take video, make your own small found footage movie, upload it to YouTube and parts, um, kind of do it on TikTok. We have a somewhat a uh, someone who's been playing the game and has gone out into the woods for a week and oh, is wow. playing the game each day and recording bits and stuff. So it's been very exciting. So it's very open-ended. So rather than kind of just having quite a neat and orderly journal, very much like the things you'd find in these found footage movies, like the Blair Witch Project, um, you end up with this scrapbook of horrific madness that's kind of stitched together Lovely. with twigs put inside of it. And as you kind of play through the game and you play through the events, um, you get closer and closer and closer to the entity and eventually you will face off against it. And okay. whether your character lives or dies, um, you pass that game on. So, And that can be um, kind of internally. Um, so you can create a new character yourself and carry your story on through the lens of somebody okay. else and have yeah. any character. Um but one of the things that we were really interested in was this legacy aspect, was the mm-hmm. idea of um, the chain aspect um, in a way actually becoming, although it's all the horror theming behind it, it ends up being a very positive thing um, mm-hmm. in terms of that. When I've been playing with solo games a lot of the time, that they're they're very relaxing, they're very wholesome, usually they're quite cosy in nature, um, mm-hmm. but they're very... Um, uh, kind of self-isolated is the kind of word yeah. I use. You kind of make them, you make it for you, it sits, mm-hmm. sits by itself and then it doesn't really pass on or, or go anywhere or grow. Um, it, it's very much that that unique and tidy experience. And yeah. this is my response that I've wanted to make something that was a bit more sprawling. Um, mm-hmm. So the whole idea with this is that if I, you know, my character died, but then I pass it on and go, here, Jess, here is my record. You are now cursed. You could dig it up in your back garden um, as your kind of like starting point. Um, you could then read my record be inspired by it and create a sequel um, where all the events that happen to you will be completely different, but there has a connective thread, a, a connective tissue to someone else's mm-hmm. story. And the thing we're really excited to see with this is that um, obviously it starts with just one person writing a record mm-hmm. and playing one game. But if one person passes on to another person, then that person passes their record on to mm-hmm. a few more people and then it grows and grows and grows. And eventually what we're hoping to see, and we're, we're kind of already seeing this on our Discord um, already where they've only been playing with the free demo um, mm-hmm. of uh, spreading the curse amongst one another and being inspired to make and create um, experiences and then feed that back into the community so more people can make and create as well. And that's the legacy aspect of it, of that um, people can kind of live and die, defeat or be defeated by the entity, but the game mm-hmm. always continues in some way. And that's the the legacy aspect of it. Mm-hmm. That was the bit I that really drew me into the concept when I when you, you know told me about it and why I backed the Kickstarter because I love the idea. Like you say, sometimes we you know we all love 
talking with our friends when we play a role-playing game about the stories and kind of reminiscing about that moment. And with solo RPGs, sometimes that can be missing. You don't want to be the person talking to someone zero for half an hour about your solo RPG adventures, maybe when they're not interested. But this is a way of almost, you know, doing that. You're sharing your experience with someone else and giving them a game experience. So I thought that was really clever and, and really fun. Um, talking a little bit about the game oh and you did mention the free demo so the links are mm-hmm. in the chat or in the show notes if you listen to the podcast so if you want to get yourself a free demo version to check it out you can do that now um talking about the the game a little bit so um mechanically how does this work so um if i was sitting now to play a game what do i need to play okay so um you'd need uh, some form of journal or recording device um mm-hmm. in order to record what's happening um, this can be uh, your typical pen and paper, word processor, um, uh, Twin Peaks style little dictaphone, um, mm-hmm. if you like. Uh, we know we've got a couple of this Discord um, doing that um, nice. at the moment. Um, so, yes, yeah, so something to record um, a full set of polyhedral dice, um, mm-hmm. and then also a anchor sheet, um, which is kind of our version of a character sheet. Um, okay. All the rules in the rule book um, are addressed by, uh, to you as it's a basic survival guide that's been written by someone who's been cursed. You don't necessarily mm-hmm. know exactly what's happened to them. Um, and it's kind of slightly based off of my first playthrough of, of the game is, is that's mm-hmm. the kind of character I've been writing that as, um, nice. and they, and they're guiding you through. Um, and one of the things that they suggest is this character sheet is what they call that anchor. And it's a way of, keeping tabs on all the things you have to hand, all the things the entity has done, and also how your character is doing. Like, are they on the ropes? Are they about to die? Are they healthy? How, how are they doing? And keeping a track of the kind of key elements of the game um, that, ca- that will pop up um, during um, events uh, as you start playing through. Um, so, 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 those, so those are the ma- main things that you need. Um, something to uh, record um, and write down. Uh, the rule book itself, a uh, polyhedral dice, and a copy um, of an anchor sheet, which will be at the back um, of the book, as well as like kind of free uh, to download as a replenishable, like on our site um, when when the game goes live. So, in terms of when it actually comes to playing the game, um, the way it begins is you have some form of inciting incident. Um, in a demo, it's just the one. Um, so, the way that the demo works at the moment, it's a linear experience uh, that we've written ten events um, that you play in order. The full game won't be exactly like that. So it will be more dictated by random dice rolls. So you're landing Mm -hmm. on um, what I call narrative bands. Um, So you're using dice to jump between things. So so, so this is something that I found with some other solo RPGs. And it was something I was curious to like play around in the design space with is that um, I love the randomness of them. But sometimes you because of the randomness, you kind of land on strands that don't feel as satisfying um, or are more difficult to pass into the shape of the narrative of the thing that you want to make um, or that the game kind of wants you to make. So so one of the things that um, the players don't necessarily see, but this is kind of what's going like under the hood, like kind of what's happening with yeah, the game yeah. is um, taking my screenwriting experience and like looking at how like found footage movies are structured and that kind of narrative and cinematic pace is basically creating these narrative structural bands. So you'll never be resting in one structural beat as it were, like in a script for too long. Um, So you'll kind of have your inciting incident, but then you'll move into like slowly rising spookiness. And then you'll have like your first mate, first couple of major like spooky, like showdowns. 
um, things will ease back down a bit. You'll have some investigative moments. You'll nice. kind of have like a midpoint band, and 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 it, and it all builds and builds and builds until you have that massive mm -hmm. third act confrontation with the entity. Um, so sometimes you'll like have one event in a narrative band, maybe two or three, depending on like, how low or high you roll. Um, but it's always designed to kind of keep the game moving, keep the narrative fresh, and mm -hmm. very much like in terms of just kind of how I like to design, really emulate the the media and the kind of cinematic pace and tone um of the stories that you kind of want to tell with don't play this game which is like being in your own fan footage horror movie um Absolutely, yeah. so yeah so, so that's it you roll and you move through these events um and the events interact with your character in a variety of ways so um sometimes it can be a, a, a rolling in a straight up fight with something um, okay. but my but my but but that is a, a bit rarer my kind of favorite things um, are you have these various things on your character sheets you have resources you have friends um, you have artifacts you have secrets um, you have talents and I feel like I'm forgetting one because I'm a bit tired but uh, talents yes. resources friends secrets fear artifacts fear. and then your life Fear, yes, yeah. fear fear is the one that I'm forgetting. Um, so and you have fears as well. And all of these things uh, are things that can be gained and they're things that yeah. also can be lost. And most importantly, things that can be sacrificed. So in terms of like kind of fun storytelling and kind of mm -hmm. feeling like engaged, um, making difficult choices, um, I think is like one of the key components mm. of them. And I think especially in the solo experience and a horror, so a horror solo experience as well is what I was finding is that these events are making they'll make you make choices um so like if you have a friend um if maybe at the end um, of your playthrough it can there can be a choice of like do you take a large amount of damage or do you sacrifice your friend do you push them in front of you um so the entity doesn't get you so you can actually win so you can actually live um and kind of get away from it but lose something that you care about um as as a potential strand or it can just be um something that's a, a little less intense like you having a resource that you can spend that you can use um or an item and that could be something of um like a pot of money in, inherited from a dead relative maybe at the start of the game to just having a high powered torch or a security system um in your house can be a resource that can interact with the game and change the narrative in various ways um so, so th these are all kind of things that pop up on your your anchor sheets that you lose, you gain, you cross out, you put marks by, um, and kind of create this story through these marks that you make on this sheet um, mm -hmm. as well, and make decisions about um, what's important to you, what's important to your character, and what do you think is going to be the best way to try and get through this and win the game. Fantastic. Um, so we, we, you talked a little bit before about the different mediums um, that you can use, um, you know, to record this. Because mm -hmm. um, like you say, most solo journaling games, people are used to writing it, but this really mm -hmm. encourages you to do pictures and loads of other stuff. Um, do you have any examples of different ways that people have, have already started doing this in different creative ways? And are there any actual plays or things people can have a look at? Absolutely. Um, so on our Discord, we have um, one of our players has been uploading a load of stuff where they have basically been doing like kind of short form like audio plays. They've been recording their voice, but then they've also been taking photos, um, doing drawings, and then basically making a slideshow um, in video format that goes along um, with their performance um, of, of what's happened to them in each event. Mm -hmm. And they've released that 
um, episodically onto the Discord. I think um, uh, one of our friends, uh, Santa, and from Rolling Smart People, is editing that together as well and helping him basically and releasing that as an actual play podcast. Um, we also have some uh, friends at the Scavengers Network um, who are uh, working on our actual play, um, which is going to be released very, very soon. Um, I think of don't play this game with some events that weren't seen in the demo. So their experiences will hopefully uh, be quite different to other people's who get to see some other shades of the game in their playthroughs. Um, and we also have um, uh, the Mayfair Watchers Society, uh, okay. which is a narrative podcast uh, that's created by Trevor Henderson, um, the creator of Siren Head and lots of other spooky um, kind of analog horror media. Um, to uh, Trevor is um, on the team as a additional artist um, alongside okay. me, um, so kind of contributing some art to the game. Um, but we've also collaborated uh, with him and the team on that podcast to create a narrative podcast. That um, episode it's about half an hour long. That is um, represents what it's like um, playing the game as well. So it's almost like the pinnacle of what i imagined um somebody making with the game because basically trevor and the team all sat down and they played mm -hmm. the game and used that as a foundation to write the script for that podcast uh, which is just really really fun so i'd really recommend listening to that as well um if you're interested sounds very good i think i think it's so interesting because hearing about your background with you know like you're saying working media and writing it all makes sense how this has kind of come together as mm. you know and also your interest in found for uh found footage horror uh so yeah it makes sense this has all come together and i think it's so interesting that you're you've taken solo rpgs and introduced other forms of media and the thing you mentioned about that tick person on tiktok doing a little mm. version of it sounds so fun and accessible and also accessible in the sense of people you know you said D&D &D, you found some people didn't find it accessible because mm -hmm. of the numbers or being dyslexic I stayed away from solo RPGs for a long time because I'm dyslexic and the idea of having to write loads of stuff out mm -hmm. sounded like someone's trying to punish me yeah. <laughs> and then I kind of realized that oh I can just record it so I think mm -hmm. sometimes letting people know that hey you don't have to write this down you can do drawings or you can do videos or audio whatever just gives them the freedom to kind of get involved with solo RPGs um one thing with solo RPGs and well, with all horror RPGs, I always do safety tools at my table and most horror RPGs advise you to because when you're sat at a table with other people, you want to make sure, you know, everyone's happy playing what you're playing and talking about what you're talking about. Um, how do safety tools interact with a solo horror RPG? Are they slightly different or are they the same or what sort of advice do you give on that? So we front load the safety tools up at the front of the book. Um, so mm -hmm. they're they're the only part of the book that's neutrally written um i would say because mm -hmm. we wanted them to be f like kind of firmly clear and visible and really mm -hmm. easily accessible for everyone so um if they're ever feeling uncomfortable or unsafe then they know exactly it's to literally just go straight to the front of the book and everything all your guidance you need is always going to be there um in terms of how it differs from kind of like multiplayer rpgs it's quite interesting mm -hmm. so it's especially kind of with a horror RPG, it's all to do with the level of immersion that you're kind of placing yourself within a world that you're creating, especially as um, Don't Play This Game encourages you to like go outside and interact with your environment in like interesting ways, mm -hmm. like go and find a banner building, take a photo of it and imagine there's like something in there. Um, there is this kind of um, alternate reality game element to it um, mm -hmm. that, that is kind of your transposing um, this narrative and fiction onto the world around you and using that 
um, to create something, which is very, very immersive. But obviously, we don't want people to tip um, off the edge of that and it become yeah. uncomfortable. It feel too real, too scary, um, too uncomfortable. Um, so a, a lot of um, kind of what we're kind of writing there is as well, as, as well, like there is, um, there's no one there kind of, x carding or, or kind of like checking in it, it's very as if you're very much playing in a solo environment it's just you um mm -hmm. so, so in terms of like you're approaching it in a very different way so we have a check-in system of that once mm -hmm. you've done like one or a number of events um is basically like to take a step back from the book ask yourself whether you're still enjoying this of like if you're feeling comfortable if you're feeling safe um that you're kind of firm firmly placed and, and know that distinction between mm -hmm. the reality of the game and your reality that is your reality um, yeah. and just making sure that there is that that healthy separation um, mm -hmm. because as soon as the game starts to not feel like a game then that's that's when it's it, it can become not fun for people so we wanted to make sure yeah. um, that that was in there and that guidance was there and there were tools to make sure um, that people could always reorient um, themselves and kind of check in and, and make sure that they were always having a good time whilst playing. Definitely. I, I think we've all had that moment like on our own, like in the dark where you look over mm. at something in the middle of the night and then you think you see a shape or mm. something and you have that moment of like, oh, mm. but then you're like, oh, no, it's fine. It's not really there. So I guess that's yeah. like the mental way of, you know, doing that, just being like, it's yeah. fine. It's it's not there. That's just. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's healthy to take a step back and remember the dressing gown on the back of the door is a dressing yes. gown on the back of the door. It's not the Babadook. It's not the entity. It's just that. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So that's that's great to know all of these um, safety tools. So if people have been listening to this and they're like, you know, this this sounds great. Um, you know, they, they can obviously for free download the demo and, and take a look at that. And there's links in the chat or in the show notes. Um, if people are like, you know, this sounds really great. I'm sold. Um, the Kickstarter is live right now so they can go pick it up. It's been doing fantastically well. So it's definitely happening. I think you funded in the first few hours. You're about to hit your final stretch goal of like 50,000. Tell us a little bit about you know what you actually get on the kickstarter so um on the kickstarter um obviously like our base level is just the book the main thing that you need to play but we're also offering a premium journal and set of blood-stained dice that potentially belonged to a previously cursed person um as well um but the the kind of bigger things that we're offering um on the kickstarter are our inheritance boxes um, because we funded so fast and we funded under tw in 24 hours, um, anyone who backs uh, the Kickstarter now um, receive a free digital inheritance box. Um, oh, so cool. what that is going to be is a, a you will receive a creepy zipped folder um, from me of videos, audio, pictures, spooky stuff that you can pull and put into your record and put into your game um, and use it as inspiration and use it as props. Um, because th there's nothing like having a higher amount of production design in your own movie to kind of make things feel more real and feel more immersive. Um, mm -hmm. so, 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 so that's what we'll be offering to absolutely everyone who backs at any level uh, will be a um, be, be the free inheritance box. We are also doing um, themed um, physical inheritance boxes. Oh, wow. um, um, so, so these are um, we have three um, main ones in total. Uh, which will be available. So you have uh, uh, the toy box, the dig, and the factory. Um, so what you get within these um, is a book, is a additional booklet um, which acts almost as an expansion to the game. So it's a, an additional set of um, prompts 
um, that have more of a specific theming to them. Um, okay. So whilst the core book is is broader and allows you to kind of transplant a lot of the things kind of around you, um, kind of into the game, um, these these are designed with a slightly more specific narrative in mind um, that you can kind of plug in and play um, with the core game as well um, in order to kind of create an, an even more unique experience. So the toy box, for example, um, is all about a, a kind of creepy old like toy shop um, and kind of workshop where where cursed dolls heads and various strange going ons and a, and a kind of rather dark and creepy history um, mm -hmm. of, of a local toy shop is is uh, where the entity potentially is placing itself um then you have the factory which really digs into kind of the um uh the industrial era in like the the uk and the kind of um I guess what we'd call it, like industrial decay uh, that we kind yeah. of still see like in the UK, like the big kind of looming empty factories, um, the kind of like darkness and injuries and things that happened there during our industrial revolution and the echoes of that um, kind of coming forward into a more modern setting. Mm -hmm. um, then for our final one, uh, the dig kind of rewinding back into the past, um, we have something that is focusing on um, potentially one of the first um like sightings or interactions uh with the entity or mm -hmm. potentially something that is just revealing that this thing this creature the game may be much older than anyone has realized and this is um artifacts mm -hmm. and bits of pieces from a dig back in the 1920s um that have made their way and are still moving forward and cursing people to this very day um so and with that you can play that in a modern setting or if you really want to kind of go um kind of back in time and make some retro art um things and, and feel like you're back in the 1920s then that's something that you can do with this as well and the things that allow you to do that along with these booklets is in the boxes um we are creating um custom um artifacts for people to have that are tactile physical pull them out of the box play around with them take photos put you know put them in creepy spots in your house to, and you know film them <laughs> um uh re record, record the noises they make um and and use them in any way that you wish um as as highly themed detailed and like personal props um to what you're doing and there's going to be um a handmade element uh to every box um like the toy box for example the, behind me just out of shot of camera there is a box of dolls heads awaiting um for the toy box Lovely. as that as that um that toy box image is an actual doll's head that i have hand distressed and made that way um, it looks very distressed from the yeah, image yeah, yeah. for those listening to the podcast that can't see it right now it it looks like it has been in, in distress and is continuing to be yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so yes so i'm um, quite off uh, so and we're kind of having quite a focus on recycling as well so we're going to um, second-hand stores, car boot sales, charity shops, um, as, as well as like um, with the dolls has like um, uh, recycling centers and factory cast-offs and using these to make artifacts and bring new life to them of something that mm -hmm. would sit on a shelf usually gathering dust can now yeah. become an object, a prop in somebody's game and bring them some joy and, and not become kind of an obsolete thing. And that's yeah. kind of brought me quite a lot of happiness doing that. And so, mm -hmm. so yeah, so it's going to have this very personal approach. Um, and speaking of personal approach, um, even more on top of that is we have a limited amount um, of these is the uniquely cursed boxes of which we are only making 10 
Um, okay. Currently, there are only two left um, oh, wow. okay. uh, to, to, to purchase. Um, so, so these are each box here um, will only be unique to the 10. Um, so there will be some things that will only be in the 10, but also each of those boxes is going to have entirely unique items um, made yeah. by me, made by Barney, made by the team um, that will go in there um, as a kind of special celebration of kind of like launching this game and launching a very specific and unique uh, set of curses into the world um, as seeds to start to kick the community off and kick certain players off in a in very interesting and weird and wonderful strands with the stories mm-hmm. that they're um going to tell um and our final final top tier one um which we have only got one of left um is become a part of the book send me a photo of you and me and the team will uh make a cursed piece of artwork uh where you will be be the star so there may be something looming behind you if that is uh the tier that you want to pledge at Wonderful. That that's all sounds great. So all kind of live on the Kickstarter uh, to get now. Um, with the Kickstarter, where is the game like currently at? Um, like, what's it looking at in terms of timelines? So, it, so if you know, so I I've backed. When am I going to expect to 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 get stuff? When am I going to get this cursed box of doll heads, <laughs> for example? Yeah. So, so yeah. So, so so work and kind of finishing polishing up the book um, mm-hmm. is ongoing um, and kind of doing some more kind of like tweaks and balancing. And then there's obviously the physical um, element of it, uh, which is going to be taking us a while and putting those care mm-hmm. into those boxes. Um, so we are looking at um, delivery for this of December um, of the next year in 2024. Um, but hopefully as uh, the team has been getting faster and faster um, kind of mm-hmm. each year that we start making stuff, hopefully it might be earlier um, as well. So, so yes, we'll be looking at at December. Um, if we can maybe get it two months earlier, hopefully we'll get it in time um, for the good old spooky season um, mm-hmm. as well. So, so but but yes, so December twenty twenty four uh, is where we're aiming for delivery of all the stuff on the Kickstarter. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on and you know sharing the game with me, giving me this curse. I hope I've now done enough <laughs> to alleviate the curse of myself and pass it on to all the people listening and watching, and hopefully uh, they get involved as well and have a look at the demo and have a look at the Kickstarter supported there. Um, before you go, Charlie, though, um, I do have a question I ask everyone. It's if you have any recommendations for any other TTRPGs, and the rules are that it can't be D&D, because this is the not D&D show, and it can't be a game that you've made, because we've just spent a little bit of time talking about your game absolutely so i'm gonna give our friends over at critical kit um a shout out who some of you may know for um be like a crow um uh tim has just released a he's written it over a weekend because he's mad um he's written a game (laughs) called uh what possessed you and i absolutely love the apostrophe pun um about uh a game a small rpg about talking with the dead and you can currently Mm -hmm. get that um I think over at his website for the next 24 hours, I think you can get yeah. it for free. Um, so, so if you want to pick that up, try that out, try and talk to the dead with your friends over Halloween, uh, that might be the one, but then he'll be broadly uh, releasing that as well. I've, I've ju- ju- just read it uh, yesterday and it's a huge amount of fun. So, so yeah, go, go and check it out. Amazing. Another f- fantastic recommendation. So thank you so much. Um, thank you. So- Charlie, thanks for coming on and congratulations on the Kickstarter. It'll be great to have you back another time because we could talk about Shiver or many other projects I'm sure you've got planned after this one here. Um, and thank you for everyone that watched and listened. We'll be back next week with Not D&D talking about more spooky uh, Halloween games that you can play uh, with your friends or like this one, a solo game you can play by yourself. 
Thanks for watching. Bye.